0: Amen. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We're in a, a series and I call it basically back to the basis, but we're, basics, but we basics, but we we we're, we're really talking about the importance of the church and the early church and some things that the early church did that promoted increase in the natural, but it also brought a great blessing upon the body of Christ at that time. And I want you to look at Acts chapter 2. This basically was our our text for this. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers... Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together. Everyone say together. See, it's important that you're together. And had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having what? See, we talked about this morning. You just believe God for favor when you invite someone. It says this early, the early church had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So it tells us here that they continued in verse 42 steadfastly. That word continue means a strong, solid, never give up type of leaning toward an object. They had an attitude, basically. They, they weren't going to give up. Well, what did they continue steadfastly in? They continued steadfastly in teaching. Everyone say teaching. Fellowship. Say fellowship. Breaking of bread or communion and prayers. So those are four things, and we're, we're basically, we've been looking at that. We looked at, at, at teaching and doctrine, and we talked about that. We said the acid test of a true doctrine is whether or not it, whether it is scriptural. So if, if you want to know if it's, it's the true teaching or the true doctrine from the Bible, it has to be what? has to be scriptural. Then it says the next thing, the next, next test whether it makes men love God supremely and whether it glorifies God and produces peace among men. So it's got to be scriptural and it's going to, everything is going to point to God. And it's going to promote love for God this way and then love for each other this way. And and everything the doctrine will do, our teaching, the Lord Jesus Christ will do, it glorifies the Father. So if you want to know whether it's legitimate doctrine or not in these last days, there's your acid test. You can, you can figure it out if you know that. Then we said the doctrine of teaching of, of Jesus will be accepted by those who are intent on doing God's will. In other words, how how do you know it, it's, it's, it's the teaching of Jesus is you know in your heart. You know in your heart. You know in your knower. Because if you as a born-again believer have a desire to please God, you're of you're the same spirit. You're going to know. Say, I know. I know. Then we said true doctrine is authoritative. We really didn't get into that. And true doctrine or true, true teaching is powerful, okay? Now, we're going to talk about fellowship. And this word fellowship is the word in the Greek koinonia, koinonia, koinonia. And in my Bible, it's got the best definition, so I'm going to read it to you. It's sharing. It's close association. It's partnership. A communion. It's unity. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is unity. Koinonia is a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. In koinonia, or in true fellowship, the individual shares in common an intimate bond of fellowship with the rest of Christian society. Koinonia cements the believers to the Lord Jesus and to each other. So it's the glue that's going to cause you to stick to God and stick to each other. And we need that. Koinonia literally denotes a deep sense of spiritual unity. Special communion with God and then communion with each other. And I'll tell you what, in these last days, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are just in it for what they can get. And we as a church, we need to realize we are one body, one purpose, focused on one thing, working together Everybody doing their share. Look at, back in Acts 2, look at verse 1. So we're going to ask ourselves some questions, real simple questions. When did this Koinonia fellowship come? This is when it happened. In chapter 2, it says in verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Say, one accord in one place. See, every time we come together on a Sunday morning, we need to be in agreement. Now, we might not be in agreement on on everything, but we can be in agreement on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, now, I referred to the Baptists today. They're not in agreement with us on the full gospel and speaking in other tongues. But what can we get in agreement with the Baptists? Salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's important. So instead of finding out what you don't, what you don't agree about, just find a, the common denominator, and that's Jesus, and focus on that. And if you'll focus on that, they'll focus on that. Then you're going to have koinonia fellowship. So it came. This is when it happened on the day of Pentecost. Then how is it produced? Authentic spiritual unity always flows from the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Authentic spiritual unity, the real deal, always flows from the presence of God in the person of who? Holy Spirit. I want you to find 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles and chapter 5. I'll give you time because I want you to see it in the Bible. This is Old Testament. This is one of my favorite occurrences where there was a real spiritual unity, and this was Old Testament. This is the Old Covenant, 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 11. See, this is what every preacher wants. Every pastor of every church wants his people to get along. Amen? How many of you as parents want your, your family to get along? Amen? Want peace in the household. Well, here's, a, here's an occurrence here in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 11. It says, "...and it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests were present had sanctified themselves or consecrated themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers. How many of you know we need the singers? All those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen. So they, they had consecrated themselves, There were the singers, they they put on their, their best clothes, and it says this, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps. Now, I have a hard time with the harp, but back then it was all right. And with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Now, I play trumpets, so I agree with trumpets. Now, look at verse 13. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpet, cymbals, instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, were they all saying something different? Now it says, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Well, what happened when they did that? When they sang together as one? When they played the trumpets as one? It says that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with what? A cloud. That's the glory. The glory of God. So that the priests could not continue ministering. Because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now, it says here, it continued ministering, but in the margin of my Bible, it says here, literally, it means they could no longer stand to minister. So the glory of God was so powerful. And this is old covenant that it knocked him down right on the floor. Now, I'd say that's that's a worship service, wouldn't you? But there there were some things that led up to that, those priests being knocked down to the floor. It says they were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And see, that's what we've got to, uh, you know, work at here and and believe God for his grace that when we come together on a Sunday morning, that we're going to make one sound that's going to please God. Now, Abe won't mind because Abe and I are cut from the same cloth. Can I use this as an example and you won't get upset? You still love me. He came up here a few weeks ago and he says, everybody do what's in your own heart. And I brought correction to him with that. Now, when the Spirit of God is moving, truly moving in a service, you can do things that are a little out of the ordinary. Some of you have no idea because you've never experienced anything like that. Where you're in a service where the Spirit of God is so powerful and moving in, in such a powerful way. people here one could give a tongue, one could give an interpretation. you know, years ago, I remember in Tulsa people run around the auditorium. I never quite understood that, but I just had to keep my he's you grinning? You remember that, brother, huh Okay. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong with that if God didn't tell you to do that. So if you're doing things in a church service just to do it, to draw attention to yourself, forget it. I'll never forget. I'm getting off track, but it's a teaching. I'm illustrating some things. Never forget a church in Omaha years ago, and you don't know who this is, so don't try to figure it out. We went to this service. And this was the phase in the, in the faith movement where they had dancers. <laughs> Jeez. And I'm never forgetting. This is an old metropolitan, big church. And we're st- and all of a sudden, they had a balcony. And here are all these women, Ron, dancing. But what they were wearing was not um, very tasteful, wholesome. It was real frilly, and so I guarantee you the men weren't going, "Oh, I love you, Jesus! I love you, Jesus!" No, the men are. Their eyeballs are like this. My God, I love this church. <laughs> Maybe you know what church? I don't know. You've been there, I think. And and I'm thinking this, and my I'm looking at this, and we got done with that service. I'm like, God, did you see them women dancing around the service? All that did was draw attention to the women. Nobody cared whether Jesus or the Holy Ghost was present. It was freaking weird. (laughs) And, but see, that's the danger. And, and Abe, he's gracious. He sits and listens and, you know, and he understood what was coming. There's nothing wrong doing what's in your own heart if God is in it. But if one person's over here going blah, 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 and one person dancing around the floor like this, God's not in it. But if everybody is doing the same thing, maybe if, what you did this morning was just. And I've, I've told him that. I said, just get up there and do it. That last song was powerful. I want to do that um, Good Friday evening. Because it just causes you to focus on who. I don't need some woman prancing around to draw me to God. I'll tell you, the faith movement, I've got I'm a Methodist boy. I grew up in the Methodist church and I got in. We both grew up in the Methodist church, got involved in the charismatic movement in the 70s. And and there were some exciting things, but there were some things that were totally of the flesh that were not of God. And the thing can happen like your uncle's church, wherever they're, you know, you can do that. And then what happens every, every week, he th- seems to think he needs to run around the church. Because I I think God told me to run around the church and you'd say, well, why are you running around the church? Well, I've done it for 40 years because that's what I do here at this church. My part is to run around the church. Do you see how silly that is? And I'm telling you, folks, in the days ahead, we're going to get people that are unchurched. And if you're weird you're not going to draw them to Christ. It ain't going to happen. I'm not giving you my message, but that's all right. When we were in at 300 South Second at the old church, and I've, you've heard me this story, but if Dr. Hagan can tell his stories over and over and over again, I can tell them too because it really is good. I'll never forget, we had some Native American people, whole family that we were ministering to and once one Sunday morning we had worship, and all of a sudden the the, the matriarch of the family she got up and she she, she, she started doing this during our worship hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> what do you think this young preacher My eyes got this big. there were no women running around the church my eyes got this big. This 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 Native American gal and and they had good hearts, but she must have thought she'd just get up and do her little hi yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, am I called to do this? And I all I could think of was everybody stand up, stand up, let's pray. Remember Beltsy back there? Maybe you you would have been probably in that service, Mary Jane. Some of you, I don't know. I'll I'll never forget it. (laughs) I lost 12 years of my life that time in in 13 seconds. (laughs) And I got everybody to raise their hand and praise God. But did that glorify Jesus? No. Things happen in church that aren't of God. People mean well. Their hearts are right. They think that they're promoting something that's going to cause koinonia fellowship to flow. And it's not. It's going out the door. Now, you can't... And the thing is that, that Abe and I struggle with at times is, is when we're when we're leading worship, and I'm up here, and we get no response from you. Because German folk are very stoic. This is a very German... Madison, everything, German folk, and they're very, you know, they're Lutheranized. They've never been a Lutheran. It's just the way the Germans are. They come in and, hallelujah. That's pretty wild for me today. I said, hallelujah. And, and all Abe and I want you to do is enter into worship. And I, I I told Abe this story. You know, well, I didn't tell you this story, but I'll, I'll never forget. And this was a dream that I had back at 300 South St. A lot of supernatural dreams back then. I needed them <laughs> to keep going in the ministry. And I'll never forget, in my dream, the pastor's wife came in, and we were having worship, and the pastor's wife went out into the congregation and made everybody throw their arms up in the air. And I really believe that was a God that was uh, uh, from God because God wants us to worship him. And and like Ava and I've said through the years, we don't want to be cheerleaders. Remember cheerleaders? You know, get your pom-poms and Dance around with the rest of them ladies. Our job is not. We don't want. We we don't want you is to try to get you to do something you don't want to do. It has to come from a heart. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't figured this out by now, my wife isn't going to run around this church in a frilly dress to get you to worship God. She is opposite of weird. She is the true example of a stoic German with no emotion. I'm the opposite. We were sitting in an office the other day, and the man looked at us, and he said, you're the sensitive one. She isn't. I said, that's right. But you can worship God, and you don't have to do weird things. But there are times... And you, when Abe says, "Lift your hands, lift your hands," do you understand? This is a teaching service today. I'm I'm trying to, to to instill in you you know some things. We want the the our goal is for God to manifest. We want the presence of God at Harvest Church every time we come together. And I've tried to work myself up to. Th- with a lather through the years, and it didn't pay off. He's done the same thing. It doesn't work. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God, not by the flesh. But God will, and I believe God in the days ahead is going to do some things. But we've got to be on the same page. We've got to work together as a team. Everyone say team. That's what happened in the Old Testament here. Look at Psalm 133. Psalm 133. I'll I'll never forget this. When I was... This one gal I told you had had got me to her Baptist church. While I, on the other hand, had shared Christ with another gal. And and, uh, I drove down to Texas in my little love truck to go see this gal that I'd led to the Lord and... And we went to church, and it was you Ever hear of Jerry Savell? Some of you faith people remember Jerry Savell. Good man, good minister. And we went to the service, and I'll never forget this. We're sitting in the service, and some guy sit and Jerry Savell be preaching, and he'd be in the background going, Hallelujah! And I'm thinking, okay, that's once enough. But every... See, you never, never know when you're going to bring your friends to, to church, which what they're going to hear. Hallelujah, he'd say. And he kept doing it. Jerry would keep preaching. And, and I was getting a little upset. All it was was a distraction. Everyone say this with me. You don't need to be weird or draw attention to yourself. It's about the team. team. Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in, what are we talking about? Unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing. That's a whole nother subject right there. Unity produces the anointing. I want you to say that with me this morning. Unity produces the anointing. What is the anointing? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the presence of God, and that's what heals people. That's what leads people's hearts to become softened so they'll receive the gospel and get born again and ask Christ into their heart. She read the book and she gave it to me, John Cook. Well, how many of you like volleyball, Nebraska volleyball? It's a good book. And, and you, you stop thinking think about, you know, I guess they won, didn't they? Why did they win? Got any ideas why that? Were there any outstanding athletes on that team? They're all good athletes. Was there any hot shots drawing attention to themselves like in the past? Nebraska's had some that have done that. But why did they win, folks? Team. It was not about one person. It was about everybody doing what they were called to do Functioning together as one. See, if we're do, we'll do that, we'll work together as a team. And we have in the past, but it needs to be more so in the days ahead. God will manifest anything said or done. Now, listen, this is, we're about done. I'm just going to quit here soon. Anything said or done, let's say in church, in a worship service that draws attention to the individual praiser or worshiper and away from God will hinder true fellowship in the anointing. I'll say it again. Anything said or done that draws attention to the individual praiser or worshiper and away from God will hinder true fellowship in the anointing. Now, I'm going to use Hoskinson as an example. What's he do this morning? Or what's he do about every Sunday morning? When we're worshiping. What's he do, folks? He takes a step and he'll either kneel, usually kneel, and worship God. What he's doing is God. There's nothing weird about it. It's genuine. It's the real deal. And I think the Spirit of God has had him do that for a long time, try to get across to you. You can worship God from your spirit. You don't have to be weird. And you don't need to... You can laugh now. This is the time you can laugh. You don't have to be weird. Lonnie, do you like weird? No. No. We got something in common. Did you hear what he said? It turns him off. And I think it's miraculous this preacher's kid's in church. Not enough, but he works. Weird turns people off. The Spirit of God turns people on. Now, some of you are going to come in next Sunday and not know what to do. (laughs) Should I walk into the sanctuary? Should I sit? Should I raise? Oh, I better not raise my hand. It might be weird. Listen, if you know God and have, have intimate fellowship with him every day, you can do your weird stuff at home. You can do what's in your heart at home. But when you come to this church, you don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. Everything we'll do, whether we sing. And he says, raise your hands. Raise your hands. What's that do? It promotes a team mentality, being in agreement. And God will bless that. Listen, I I can't. I do not want weird. I don't, what do you think she wants? <laughs> she doesn't want it either. I want God, and God is not weird. Now, God can do some different things. There's some things that can happen by the Spirit. And if it's the Spirit of God, you know, not all dancing in the Spirit is the Spirit. There's a formula for true unity, basically. Look back at, we'll we'll close it with this. Look back at Acts 2. There's some things that you and I can do. I just want my worship to please the Father. I want when I lift my voice to sing, I want him to, I do it every day. I do it every day. I do it every day. So it becomes a natural thing when you worship. It just comes from your heart. It's not like we have to go, a one and a two, okay, let's go. This in Lord's Welk. Tiny bubbles. Some of you don't even know Lord's Welk is. You're not missing anything. Look at this in Acts chapter 2. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which is teaching and fellowship, and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, there's, these are four things that you and I can do that can promote unity. Not the only four, but these are four things. We've talked about it. This is where you as a believer commits to the word or teaching and doctrine and prayer. That's the God side. Then the believer's also commit to fellowship with each other and the breaking of bread. So if you and I will commit to the word every day, commit to prayer every day, commit, and then also on the other hand, if we'll commit to fellowshipping with people every day, receiving communion, these things, if we'll do it out of a genuine heart's attitude, God will begin to do some things. And then when we come in and we worship God and not be weird, not draw attention to ourselves, but everything we do points to Jesus. God's stamp of approval will be on the service. Now, you say, why did you talk that way today? It's because in the days ahead. Yeah. I'll tell you something. The evangelist brings out weird stuff. Why? Because it's a different gifting. The prophet's different gifting. The pastor is a different Teaching is different gifting. The apostle is a different gift. The evangelist, she might do some things you've never seen that before. Well, I'm just preparing you. If it's God, it'll be a blessing. One thing that that I've learned is when when it's God, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have peace. When it's the flesh, it'll make you sick to your stomach. When it's the devil, the hair on the back of your neck will rise up. That's the truth. Amen. Did you learn anything today? Who who, who was it that wanted dancing? Dancers? Somebody come to me and want to know if we could have women dr- running around dancing. Who was that? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God, it was weird, even if it was Yandian's Andean's I just, the faith movement could get off into a ditch. Let's stay right down in the middle. Let's be open to the move of the Holy Ghost, but let's not, you know, be fleshly about it. Amen? Stand on our feet this morning. Everyone here today, if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, raise both hands to heaven. Now, that's not weird. Amen. I will, and I believe this is the Spirit of God prompting. I've got somebody in mind that I want to invite. Kathy and I need to invite that's very sick in body. If you know somebody that's sick and been to a doctor and haven't been helped, it'd be a good time to invite him. I, I, I don't bring them either meeting. I mean, Sunday morning is probably the time most people are going to come because if they're going to come once a year, it's going to be on Easter. But if you know somebody that's sick and needs healing, there are healing gifts in the office of the evangelist, miracles in the office of the evangelist. Amen? So begin to think about that. Father, today, thank you that you love us. And you want us, Lord God, to worship you in spirit and truth, and we don't have to be weird about it. We don't need to draw attention to ourselves, but we need to make sure we point to your Son. All our praise and adulation, everything pointing to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us in the days ahead. So we can promote Koinonia Fellowship. And true unity will manifest. And Lord God, people will be blessed because of the anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone here today, you need prayer for your physical body? Yes, ma'am. What's that? What's wrong? Uh, Okay, mama. This is number six now? No, I mean, and we want how many? When are we quitting? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> look at him <laughs> I knew that that's why I'm teasing you father we thank you for this mama standing in for her little one today we bind infirmity over this household over every household and we lose healing in the name of Jesus because healing is in the name of what Jesus amen yes sir back did you heard it Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority and I bind up anything, Lord, that's disrupting, Lord God, this back. We speak to every nerve ending, every muscle, every tendon in the name of Jesus. For healing is in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for full supernatural recovery of this back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now remember, I know we didn't have, we canceled prayer because we had to have a meeting, but prayer will be this Wednesday night. Anything else? And then next Sunday is men's and women's teaching. Guess what? Abraham will be gone. There'll be no worship that day. But you know what? God will still be here. Because our purpose for that service once a month is men's and women's teaching. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.